Hi, and welcome to episode 8 of the Comedy Defect Podcast. My name's Winter Fonander. Again, I'm the host of the show. Yes, I am. I'm a comedian. I've had some great gigs recently, guys. I've had some great gigs and some horrendously shit gigs. You know, sometimes it isn't your fault. The great gigs were like theatre gigs. It was wonderful. And I tried some new stuff and it worked and it was great. I I took a chance and it was was going really well. But then the the, the terrible gigs have just been poorly organised gigs. You know, gigs you like, you see a poster for and go, oh, that's a nice poster. But the, a good poster doesn't necessarily denote a good gig. It really doesn't. Even a bad poster. It's sometimes a bad poster, it might be representing a great gig, but you just don't know. That's the, the peaks and troughs of stand-up comedy. I've had a, an interesting week. I, I've been getting stuff ready. I had my birthday on the Saturday this week, on the 6th of August. I ate loads. Watch some stuff with my girlfriend, a really nice relaxing time. The next night, I, I've let the housework just not happen in the last few months. So, <laughs> the night after my birthday, I was like, right, I've had a good time, I've enjoyed myself, I've had my birthday now, all the celebrations are over, okay, I need to start somewhere tidying this house. Because I developed this hoarder mentality where I didn't know where to start. So I ra- went around with a box, collecting batteries, electrical stuff, and putting them in and going, right, okay, that's kind of half organised now, and then um, that's how I start. But it's all about starting, Last, life is all about starting. I realise that I'm moving out of the close that I live in, and I used to really like the close, but I've started to have some arguments with my neighbours. From the last podcast, you might have heard, I had a bit of a tiff with my neighbour about cutting some branches. Well, the neighbour that lives next to him, we have a shared green in the close, the the council own, and that neighbour decided to shave out, to mow, the bit of lawn that he can see in this massive green. And well, of course, what happened was the kids of the area saw this nice shaved or mowed bit of green and were playing on it. Well, the guy that mowed that bit of green went mental. And then the guy that told me to cut down the branches came out and they went at it big time. I was there with my popcorn. I was like, whoa, I'm so glad I'm moving out here soon. This place is getting weirder and weirder. It really is. Uh, Everyone's at each other's throats. I think it's the weather. I really do. People are beeping horses because it's so hot and close and humid. I think that's what it is. People just don't like just don't like it anymore. Maybe maybe it's something to do with Brexit. I don't know. But hey, let's have a little bit of positivity. People have been telling me they're enjoying the podcast, they're subscribing, and that just gives me fuel. It inspires me. I'm, I'm enjoying making every one of these episodes as best as I possibly can. But if you want to donate to the podcast, you can find us on Patreon, and we're there. Just go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast, and we're there. Donate as much or as little as you want. But if you can't kick back something to us, just leave us a nice review on iTunes or Podbean. And that's great, too. Or tweet us. We're on Twitter at The Comedy Defect. And you can also find me on Twitter at Winter Phonander. If you want to see my live dates for my stand-up, I'm on winterphonander.com for my live gig dates. In this episode, we speak to Peter Ford. Peter Ford is a very funny stand-up. He's a member of Toastmasters International. If you don't know what Toastmasters International is, they do after-dinner speaking, like for weddings, receptions, a bit like corporate work. But Peter is a very funny guy. We got talking about his life, some gigs, some TV he's been on. We got talking about some TV I've been on, some horrendous stuff. But we had a lot of fun speaking, so I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm just going to introduce the wonderful, the very loquacious Mr. Peter Ford. Don't really want to go through a learning process. And I'm not yeah. working with people who are going to say, oh, yeah, yeah. There's nobody else there except my wife, so she doesn't know what stuff is. It's like Excel. I, I can put the stuff in, I've got the columns, I can add it up with the calculator if I need to, but you know, okay, I know the formula, just a drag and drop, but, but what more do you need it for? Just to collate stuff? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's usually what you get received, and then you, and I put my monthly figures in one. Yeah. But I've never done the adding up, because now I do exactly what you just said. <laughs> That's it, it's all there. It's in a, it's in a document. You're wonderful when you show to somebody and say, yeah. oh, you're working yeah. all through, aren't you? Yeah. I'm already doing all this. <laughs> That's it. It's all for show. Because I can't see show. the point. If I was doing it every day, mm. then of course I would have made the effort. Yeah. But I do try to watch these little tips for Excel on YouTube, but then my brain just, just drifts off and into somewhere that, that I, it wants to be. I'm terrible for any sort of uh, learning process. Mm. When they say, I much rather buy a piece of software and just wrestle with it for a few yeah. days until I grasp what it does, rather than um, if somebody says, now watch this film and it's all going to be in your... And I don't, I drift off. My yeah. brain is somewhere else That's after about two minutes. The same as me. It hasn't got me in the first two minutes, no. I'm not there. No, no. I'm somewhere else where no, I want to be. Can't, I can't do it. And it's always been the same with me. I left school 
with absolutely no qualifications at all. They didn't even have an O-level. Mm. But I've been corporate director eight times. Great. Did that. In fact, one company I actually went to as a general manager, and that was Canon, the last one. Mm. And they actually we were interviewing for a general manager position, and they said, we couldn't employ you for a junior position here if you were ten years younger because you wouldn't be qualified. But because I was going in for a position where they didn't, qualifications were not in, important. It was, mm. it was experience. experience. Yeah, I went straight in. Mm. So we live in a crackpot world. I tell you, that's great. But it's, it's that catch twenty two thing, isn't it? I mean, when I was in when I was in college, going through the mill of work experience, went through that book of contacts, emailed everybody, went through the whole book, got a, a interview with a company called Four MC, and they did all the post production for the work with George Lucas for Star the Star Wars. The, I think it was oh, yeah. the episode yeah. one back in the this is years ago now. Went down, you know, great. We want you to work as a runner first, and then we'll teach you, we'll teach you the ropes and everything. I said, I'm in my degree now. I need, I've worked hard enough to get into this course. I can't quit now. Caught in, in between two things. And then when I finished my degree, I got went back to him and said, "You're too old now. <laughs> we wanted someone to we could mould at the start." Yeah. You know, but, but I should have gone with it. But it was like, hey, and when I finished my degree, you're overripe now. Can uh, we can just? I think you're far around. better working for yourself, mm. and I think you're far better. Um, it, it, or you might need an agency. Mm. I, I never did use AI. Marketed myself, but I mean, one of the best. Uh, jobs I had, I, was, I, was, my, my, I turned my business from consulting to a recruitment business, mm. and it was not going particularly well. We went into the major recession of 1991, mm-hmm. um, and the best job I ever got was I opened the Telegraph, because it had a big jobs page in those mm. days, it doesn't anymore, big jobs pages, mm. and um, there was Traffic Master, which is the big corporation that has all the cameras on the road, right? that are checking, um, you know, for traffic jams and, and all that sort of stuff. Fabulous hmm. uh, opportunity um, as their sales and marketing manager, but I didn't want it because hmm. um, I didn't want to actually work for somebody. I like being free. Mm-hmm. And I rang the bloke up, as manager director, I rang him up and I said, you don't want to employ me, but I can do this job for you. Hmm. And, and it would be cheaper, and then if you don't like it, you can get rid of me with no repercussions at all. He said, fine, come in and see me. I got the job. They were paying me £4,000 a month for God knows how long it went on for a couple of years. Wow, great. And I was still doing other things. Yeah. Because I wasn't actually employed by then. Yeah. So I could, you know... It's great. Absolutely fabulous. Amazing job. Well, it, it was it was really more to the point of saying, look, you know, I don't want to actually be an employee. Yeah. And, and you don't really want employees because there's so much uh, regulation mm-hmm. to prevent you getting rid of people. All right, they yeah. have to be with you a year or two, but, but nonetheless, it's still a paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Um... So why not just let me do it? Yeah. And I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. And he said, well, how? And I said, well, I'm actually going to give you an activity uh-huh. uh, forecast every month. So I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to be doing and when. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And I, and, and I had to put these devices, because they want the, the, to sell these devices mm. that pick up the transmissions from these things right. on the road. So in those days, it was things like traffic jam detectors on your dashboard that was mm. early set nav, all that sort of stuff. And all I did was to go and um, uh, and uh, see all the big major players, those carriers and all that sort of thing, because I yeah. was always used to doing all that. Yeah. Stuck it all in there, so it was on sale everywhere, and that's all I had to do. That's great. Yeah. That's uh, four four thousand pounds a month. That's great. That's that's great money. Oh yeah. Bloody hell! Yeah. Wow. Mm. I was even a, I was even a um, managing director of a major company part time, and I was driving back, and this doesn't happen very often. Driving back one day on the A40 with the president, the group president, mm. and I only had a Volvo. I had a Volvo, which I had since new, but it was yeah. cracking on a bit then. Yeah. It was a bit, bit, you know, a bit old. Mm. I'd had it about um, six or seven years, I suppose, and it was a bit old. And, 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 and I was managing director by appointment of this. Are we recording all this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. All right. No, that's, okay. that's fine. That's good. It's okay. It's good. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm into it. I'm like, because like, you're, you're talking about your, your Volvo. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just that we passed a, a main uh, Jaguar. I said, I'm going to go in there next month. He said, I said, and, and, and I'm going to, um, I've got an arrangement to lease one of those. Mm-hmm. And I said, I won't get a new one, but I, I think I will. Yeah. Uh, I've been hankering for one, because I had one before, and I was mm-hmm. hankering for one. And, and he just said, um, Go and get a new one, get it on us. Great. Now, I swear to you, yeah. how often does that happen in your N- life? N- never. All I know is I broke wind. I don't <laughs> think I, I could say anything more. <laughs> mm. Then when I realised that the price I quoted him wasn't quite enough. Oh, right. 
it had to, because a car with air conditioning mm-hmm. then, or climate control, was quite a bit more, several, you know, several yeah. But I didn't want to go back and ask him, Casey said, well, don't be fucking stupid, yeah. I'm not really going to... Taking the piss now, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm not really going to give you it. I didn't yeah. want to ask him, yeah. so I have the one without. And I boiled in that car for about five years. It was wonderful, though. Oh, great. Yeah, I, I remember the Germans coming over, because it was German, uh-huh. and they all sat in the car, and they said, uh, well, get on the air conditioning, and I said... Yeah. It hasn't actually got... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But I guess that's great. Was that for the... And that was for the... Was that the traffic company you were working for? No. What was that for? This is just for a company that uh, you, you may not be old enough to know, right. but, but certainly your parents would, <laughs> is Olympia. And yes. Olympia was one of the biggest typewriter companies in the world. And then manufacturers. my old man had a camera that was Olympia as well. Was that and that was Olympus. Oh, sorry. Olympus. My son works with him. But yeah. no, Olympia right. was a typewriter manufacturer. Okay. A very famous one and it's done. Mm-hmm. Probably second only to IBM in the world. It was a massive company. Right. Absolutely massive. And, but not when I joined it. It was mm. already on the way out. People were going to typewriter. And I made it, uh, what I did was buy a, uh, on their behalf, I bought a factory in, in um, South Shading State and we started to assemble PCs. That's mm-hmm. how we got uh, this company was uh, very famous at its time, but not when I got it. It mm. was quite small. It was right. about 50 people working in that was mm. So it was quite small. But in its time, it was really glamorous. In fact, the head office building that I first went to had been built in 1989 by them, still in decline. And then they went further into decline. And it was like this m- huge modern building. It was about 30,000, 40,000 square feet wow. with a pool not a swimming pool, but a fish pool right in the middle of it. Massive building, well, at least to me it was massive. It's, it's like something of a James Bond villain movie, sure. isn't it? But three quarters of it was empty. And the, well, did they clean the pool? Was it the, the fish Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we, we had a little man that did, did that. Oh, yeah? But, but it was abs- I was fishing there, yeah. yeah. But the rest of this building was empty, nothing in there at all. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to land, and I'm going to broadcast because it doesn't matter now, we were trying to land the macro account. Right. Macro was going to buy PCs from mm. us, and they did. And we uh, was right around, and our head office was very impressive. It was this huge head office, mm. but there was nobody in it. We only had about twelve staff. So yeah. was, at that moment, we, we, there was just huge building. Yeah, but we had to make it look busy. Of course, <laughs> it's like a Family Guy episode. You know, oh, lots of uh, Death Star work to do. You know, shopping mm. papers. And we, the plan was yeah. that we would ring, and I think you've got to be a comedian to, to work these things out. Mm. The plan was you had to ring. We had to ring all each other on yeah. internal phones, so all the phones were ringing yeah. because they were never ringing normally. Yeah. Every phone in the building was ringing. Brilliant. Then on the build, far side of the building, you could see across the quadrangle yeah. where we weren't going to take these guests that were coming to visit us. We wanted people to be walking backwards and forwards, holding pieces of paper. So yeah. they were marching backwards and forwards through this area, which we weren't yeah. even playing council rates on at that area mm. at the moment because it was officially we were officially allowed to close it yeah we had them walking past and then we had all the phones ringing mm-hmm. and we landed this contract on the premise that we were this massively busy company That's and then it. when they left it all went silent <laughs> it's like it's like you're, you're directing film isn't it you know the, well, even like the whole set in reception was automatic we didn't have we had this great great reception area with these with these banks of phones for mm. the receptionist to use, yeah. when there was nobody, we didn't need it, we didn't use it. Yeah. So we had two receptionists who were, then were going to appear upstairs without being recognised, <laughs> who were down there, to, to, and they yeah. had to pick up this phone which wasn't yeah. connected, yeah. and so we have oh, our... Brilliant, uh, brilliant. Absolutely fabulous. Funny. Yeah. And the great thing is about being a receptionist, no one really pays you much attention anyway, do they really? Yeah. You know, but like, you just blend in nicely. Well, we did. We made for uh, Macro, it was our biggest customer. Wow. Right up to That's the, great. Uh, oh, yeah. That's great. That's yeah. a great story. Yeah. And so, and how, how long did you have them? Oh, what, Mac- what Macro? Yeah. Like, oh, for years. Yeah. Uh, years, wow. right until the company finally went into uh, free fall and died. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we had Macro, we had the catalogue companies. We made PCs, yeah. personal computers. We made them on benches on like a production line Mm -hmm. and they were screwing them together and that's what we did. But of course the margin, without getting boring now, the margin Mm. was so tiny Mm. that that it wasn't going to be enough. Even Mm. though we were selling about six million quids worth a year, Mm -hmm. we weren't making traps for them. Once you have a big company like that, other companies go, oh, these guys are looking after this company, and then the other people, they all come towards the, the, the light. Oh, we work with Macro, and then you build up your portfolio, and then just people just knock on your door. Then Well, almost. It, we get, became quite well known for, for a ter- certain type of PC, right. which was a budget price 
that was normally sold to people usually that, that they would be paying through the catalogue companies. Mm. They were like Universal and, uh, and uh, Grattans, we supply. Yeah. So they would be paying like five bob a week or whatever it was mm. for this bloody computer. That was the niche we found ourselves because when we went into the likes of Curry's mm. and Dixon's, they went, not another manufacturer of PCs, no thanks. Mm. They're not interested at all. Mm. So, you know, not even... If they saw you, it was literally, you know, like... Um, Oh, you were, yeah, you were the lowest, the lowest sales. Oh, absolutely. Oh, the lowest, no. the you come, we're Olympia. And they go, yeah, you were. Mm. You know, and all this business. Mm -hmm. We found the niche with this um, whole spectrum of catalogue companies. There was uh, uh, there was uh, the guys in Liverpool. Um, what are they called now? Universal, uh, Gus, great Universal stores. Mm. There was, um, uh, you know, there was Grattan's. Mm. There was all of these sort of male, these catalogues that women have at home mm -hmm. and men have at home with, with, where they've got the great thick catalogue yeah. they used to you know I'm going to buy the children's school uniform you yeah. know and it's five bob a week that mm -hmm. sort of stuff mm -hmm. so that's exactly where we sold them yeah and uh, it was and you get distributed everywhere and that was before the internet that was so prevalent I guess wasn't it you know and you could it that's was, how they it was, the internet was there yeah but the, the fact the PCs were connectable to the internet just to give you some idea Google hadn't come about then that's how long ago it was and uh, it just shows you how fast things have moved since uh, we closed the company in 1999 google did exist then just about but it wasn't you know nobody heard of it mm. i think yahoo was a bit more yeah. a, a flavor of the month mm -hmm. and uh, i came out of there and, uh, then i turned it into a mail order business selling right. products yeah i mean so really you've been involved in comedy since the beginning, because that was like more like a sitcom. What you just described to me there, it what was, was going <laughs> right? Okay, you were the phone, right? Go, and then upstairs, and then like you were just people bustling around so much, trying to look busy and look like you know that this is a this is a, a thriving company that you know everyone wants a piece of. Well, I think I, I think humour to me, the best comedians that you meet, I think are people who've always been funny, mm. and it's possibly in my case certainly it was as it was when I was a kid. Mm. It was how I fitted in. I wasn't very sporty. Mm. Uh, I, uh, I wasn't very sporty. And, and therefore, to fit in, mm. uh, I became the comic turn. So mm. whenever you were out with a group of mates, you were the funny one, yeah. making the jokes. Because you become so, if the word is impregnated, really, with yeah. that yeah. Uh, as a formula, you do it all your life. Mm -hmm. So when I came into stand-up, I'd already been doing... Um, humorous public speaking for some 10 years before that mm. a mate from that circuit of the, doing the speeches actually said to me let's do stand up mm. if, if you do it I'll do it at that time I was 64 mm -hmm. and I did my first stand up mm. and I absolutely cracked myself mm. I have never known fear like it mm. I don't want to put anybody off who's listening to this, <laughs> who, 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 who would say yeah. but I've never known fear like it yeah. Because for two weeks, never worried about such things before. Mm. Two weeks before, I thought, why? Every day I would wake up and I go, why am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. It's madness. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do ten minutes and they're all going to be deadly silent. Mm. And it's going to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. And then I indoctrinated myself that it was going to be ten minutes of silence. Mm. It was going to be a disaster. Mm -hmm. I was going to absolutely bomb. Yeah. But that's okay. Mm. It was only ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, I don't know if that's what happened to you. I was filled with fear completely, but I did a course for 20 quid. And I, at the end of the course, I had a showcase. And I was supposed to only do... Oh, I did those. Yeah. I was only supposed to do five minutes. This is years ago, so like a long time who, ago. Who did your course? A guy called Jack Milner. All oh, right. I and know. it was in East 15. He was uh, on the circuit, but then he said... He couldn't do it anymore because he started to hate the audience. So he was like, he was like taught then, you know? Oh, well, he, he couldn't do stand-up anymore? No, he just couldn't do it. He said he could teach it, but he would not step foot on stage because he just had such resentment for the audience. So he does lots of corporate stuff now oh, right. in, like, you know, workshops and uh, team-building stuff Go when they go away and, oh. you know, do stand-up to kind of okay, gel everyone together. And he was trying to teach us the formulaic way and that, that didn't work for me. But as I say, I was, like you, I was filled with fear. And then I did, so I did five minutes... I did 20. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, I, I did do Logan Murray's course. Yeah. And I have to say, he's just fabulous. Mm. I, I don't know what I learned. I won't uh, say that I learned an awful lot or didn't learn. I'm not sure. Mm. But what I am sure of, it was the best fun 
uh, of several weeks because it was like a one day a week. Yeah. And it was for, went on for several weeks. And it was the best fun I've had in years. Mm-hmm. That's so funny, and he's still a friend today. Mm. It was absolutely hilarious. And some of the best comedians that are on the circuit are Fred mm. Frenzy. Yes, of course. He's Logan Murray. Did he do it with you? Uh, no, he was in the previous year. Mm. Um, but the, the tons of them that did it, anybody fancies doing this, or fancies doing the course first, Logan Murray mm. can't, can't knock him out. Was that the one in Tring that heard that... Uh, it's great because you can go back to him, can't you, and say, and, and, oh, yes. and he helps uh, you, you out. You would, think, you would think, you know, that once he's had your money and that's it, he's mm. not interested. You can ring him up any time. He loves doing it. He loves yeah. comedy. I mean, this is, he's a, a high flyer at the courses, so in other words, mm. he's doing them all over the world. And he's written books and everything. Mm. But the great thing about him is you can ring him up and say, no, I'm not sure about this, you know, and he'd actually say, well, if you're free tomorrow, you can come round. Great. So absolutely fabulous. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that helped because mm. you do three gigs in a night with that. Yeah. You do one pub, then another pub, mm-hmm. then another pub. Mm. Well, it may have been four, and 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 that's fabulous. But you know this from doing it yourself that the drug is mm. when you get laughs. Of course, if you could, you can have two or three bad nights, mm. and you'll think, oh come on, we're doing this, this madness, mm. and then you'll have a good night where the audience rocks with laughter, mm. and, and you live off that in your mind, mm-hmm. don't you? Mm. For you days, you run through it, when you're going to sleep, you're not dreaming of sex anymore, going, <laughs> and I have a fantasy about the farmer across the road, you're not doing any of that anymore, you're, you're, you're thinking, I'll just run through that ten minutes again. Yeah, that's it. Just absolutely fabulous, and it's the same now, uh, six years from on. And then you try you try to explain it to your other half, and she's like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Oh my god, hey, never seen me do it. Never seen me do it. Yeah. Loads it. Right. Loads the very thought of me doing it. Um, and so is my son. I mean, it doesn't mean that they don't. Uh, they once said, "Oh, I'm quite proud of you doing it," but we mm. want to watch you. Mm. Too too much. Too much. You, yeah. They're going through it with you. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the torment that you had for your first oh, gig, they're going with that every no, gig. I mean, think they yeah. might mention them, I suppose. Mm. And of course, they're doing a lot of wife jokes. Oh, of course, yeah. Which would be, if she knew, mm. she went, yeah, the, yeah. she was absolutely, it's absolute suicide, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and of course, they do a lot of sex jokes. Well, mm. because my wife is an old lady. <laughs> she wondered what the fuck was going on. I'm talking about Viagra. Well, she, <laughs> she had apoplexy. Yeah. And you don't want to do that thing as well. She's in the audience and winking to her as Every sex joke, isn't it? Oh, right yeah, now. you know, <laughs> good one there, right? I mean, it, oh. just, it just wouldn't, it just yeah. wouldn't bear thinking about. So, so, and I, of course, I swear, yeah. not not terribly badly, mm-hmm. but, I, but I do f and uh, uh, do a lot yeah. of f's. Yeah. And, and 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 she would be mortified. Mm. I'm sorry, but my wife is like a little old lady, and she, she's not a little old lady, but she's she, she really. Yeah. It would be. Apoplexy. She would. She would mm. die on the spot. You've got to protect the family, haven't you? That's it. You've got to, um, this is something you do in a private way. Mm-hmm. It's like porn. It's like porn. You know, you, if you do it, don't mention it. Yeah. But it, it's exactly the same syndra- uh, syndrome. You can't. Mm. You can't actually mention it because the embarrassment would be too huge. They would never get over. Of course. I'm not into porn, <laughs> by the way. That's the way. Uh, I said bring my girlfriend to gigs. I, I had to stop because she's so scathing about my my act. If I'm if it if I haven't done as well as I should do, I only bring her to the to the gigs when I feel like that I'm feeling strong in my comedy at the moment. You know, all the stuff that I've been writing recently is nailed down, and then I'll bring her because otherwise it's gonna she'll crush my self esteem and confidence, which she likes doing anyway. You know, because we've been together for like a while. I, I, that's the sad part, isn't it? When the magic yeah. goes out of a relationship, usually ten minutes after you meet, <laughs> yes, it's what's it name? It's, <laughs> it's no good. From then on, it's just hell, isn't it? Yeah, you know, they're not they're not the slightest bit they know you they know how to hurt you well, there's no inca- well usually they might say oh yeah you were funny last night then if you're having an argument about something well at least I don't stand up in front of you know, this mm. is, so it's a nightmare yeah, it's it an is. absolute nightmare it's got to be a secret world that you occupy stand up I think I some writing with uh, Chris yesterday Mr Norman Walker you know just up the road and oh is he up the road yeah, he's, oh he's, he's in St Albans he's just down the road there was a, some sort of story that we, we were badgering about and I, and I woke up this morning that my missus like she was on the way to work and she just popped in and she's oh you know and I was just telling her it's like this story she was so not interested because the first thing out of my mouth in the morning was about comedy she's like yeah fine I'll see you downstairs okay but that's it it's just like it's just constantly ticking over in your head isn't it did the, the public speaking I'm sure it helped you a lot with getting getting better more quickly well I wasn't I wasn't afraid of audiences mm-hmm. I was afraid of 
doing badly in mm. front of an audience, but wasn't afraid of the audience themselves mm. because I'd already passed that years ago. Mm-hmm. So that didn't worry me. I suppose the thing was that, that you've got to do two things if you're starting out stand-up comedy. You've got to get up in front of people. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you've got to make them laugh. Mm. Well, I only had to do the make them laugh bit. The getting up in front of people didn't frighten mm. me at all. And I wasn't particularly funny to begin with. Mm. You know, you struggle. Mm-hmm. My timing was always good. That's gone right back to childhood. The mm. timing was right on the money, mm. but the the content was shit. Mm. Mm. And, and um, you know, you were struggling. Mm. And you might have a polite audience. I did a polite audience in Surrey, and they're all smiling away. <laughs> and, you, and that's even worse totally. than the people sitting there going in and wanker. You're emoting your response out of them. If the polite smile is sometimes I think they just don't get it. They just kind of, they're not sure how to respond, are they? No. Well, also, haven't you found this? Uh, I had a bloke, uh, this is a typical example. I did a gig at, uh, he- uh, he- it was a club, uh, um, like a, a, Which one's that? a, a one in a side street, residential area. Is it, uh, it's, it's like very, it's, oh, it's here for the front, a tiny front, and it's big long at the back. I, th- I think, uh, is that the, is that in the town centre? Or is that in, no, is it just, is it like in a, an estate area? I think it's like a, it's like a residential area with the older houses, and then there's this club in, in the middle of it, and it was... I've got all these... Hempstead Social Club or something. Was it Lee Bryant that run that? Yes. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And is that... It was a rugby club, was it? Yes, it might have been. Yes, that's, uh, that was, that's a really nice... A really nice uh, he gets a lot of people in, actually. He does. It was absolutely packed. And who was on the bill? Oh, well, I've done it two or three times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I, I've done it all with... You know, uh, um, Fred Francis has been there, of yeah. course. But the night I was on... I was on after the second half, and every, people had struggled. Mm-hmm. I went well, and they booked me as the um, top act. Great. Um, two months later. And the yeah. other thing is, because I only got really, or that time particularly, only got the one 20 minutes or 30 minutes, they fucking well got it again. <laughs> <laughs> this is better. What with feeling this time? <laughs> you love me, I'm and back they, again. And they still laughed. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was still the familiar faces. Yeah. And they still laughed, so it was all yeah, right. That's always the worry, isn't it? It's like, oh, no, I've recognised some, you know, as they recognise the faces. You know, oh, God, they're going to get the same old act. Yeah. But there, there was one bloke, and I think this is a very typical thing, and I don't know if you've come across this before, and he was staring at me with menace. Oh, yeah. All the way Didn't laugh at all. Uh-huh. Not at all. Didn't yeah. even smile at the oh. half. Yeah. And he came up afterwards. I thought he's going to punch me in the face. Yeah, he's going to yeah. say, you know, this was. All. And he went, fabulous. Uh, do you do private booking? Right. I absolutely swear to you. Yeah. And yet he did. He looked staring, yeah. and grimacing, and like, you know, Mm-mm. it was it's not even a hint of a smile. Yeah. And like, I've never known you've enjoyed Yeah, when they, when they walk towards yeah. you, you think, oh my God, yeah. he's going to give me. Here we go. Now, this was. Uh, but I did one uh, only took a couple of months ago. And, and I really went bill. And believe it or not, Logan Murray was on the bill. He was, he was top of the bill. Mm-hmm. And, and it really went well. And this woman came up and said, you were very, very funny. I wish right. I hadn't said the fuck word, though. She said all the F word. Oh, God almighty. Why did you come to a stand-up video? You haven't heard it before. Can you not just, can you just say, you did great. End of the critique. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's, it. that's how I use the F word. So what? Yeah, that's you know? it. It needed it. Maybe it needed it at that moment. It, where was that private party that you did? Was it a wedding or something, or what was it? No, that was a school. Oh, school charity. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. School charity. Was it Hemel as well? No, um, <clears throat> I can't remember. Uh, terrible for. Um, yeah, and and how did you feel about? Because when you say, "Oh, it's in a school." Oh, great, okay, so... Uh, how well, I've done it before, I've done it the year before, went well, they rebooked me, mm. um, and it's run by a guy, Brian something, he, he does the Mysterio, have you ever seen um, him? I think I have, actually. And he's, he's a really him. lovely bloke, Mm-mm. and it turns out, you know, he's, he's a smashing bloke, just what you would consider is an ordinary bloke. Yeah. And he does this comedy stuff, and he does the Great Mysterio, which is basically, um, he does the magician where it all goes wrong. And he does mind reading where it's all going wrong, and he does cards. I think and I have seen. Yeah, I think I have seen. Yeah, very yeah. funny, very very funny. Mm. And he's a lovely bloke. And I was walking around with him because I come from a, an era when you have certain respect for certain types of professions. And it turns out he was a chief psychiatrist for Buckshot. <laughs> wow. So yeah. he's like, you know, his day job is a very serious, mm. a very very intensive type of job. And then he was in the evenings, he's, he got his rocks off by Relaxing. being the great mysterious. He needs to decompress somehow, doesn't he? This is it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that's a, a very full-on job. The chief psychiatrist for Buckinghamshire. I think so. I think that's wow. what he said. It, what happened was, we had a comic. We were doing a rugby club. 
Again, don't ask me where. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and uh, it was a rugby club, and one of the comics had a, a, a sort of aberration. He collapsed on the stage. Oh, right. And they, and they said, don't worry, there's a doctor in the audience, I've seen him, Brian, is there, register with him. And he came, Brian, who we knew, he was on the circuit. And he was, you know, stethoscope and all. And wow. I thought, oh, you know, we've been slapping this bloke on the back and fucking blinded with him. Mm-hmm. And he was disrespectful, but yeah. not, not, not for his um, evening job, he wasn't, you know. Actually, actually a doctor, actually a real doctor, oh, a trained sure, sure, doctor sure. and everything. That's, yeah, that's a consultant. Would you have to go on after that? Or was it uh, yeah, We did, actually, yeah. Well, how did that go? Uh, well, it didn't, do, it didn't go too badly. I find, and I don't know if you do this, Winter, but mm. I find, if I... Ch- and I've only really learnt this recently, really. Mm. If I change the order of mm. the act, mm-hmm. apart from putting new stuff in, I'm much better mm. than when I'm just trotting out the yeah. stuff in the order which you normally get it, yeah. if you know what I mean. You remain connected, don't you? You do, because you're having, your mind's yeah. having to race to find where you're going next. Whereas if you're just doing a same pattern, mm-hmm. uh, and I think if the timing goes off and I don't think it works so well. Keeps it fresh and keeps it alive. That's it's some, it it's yeah. some of that tone of voice that is, okay, I need to know what the next line is. <laughs> yeah, it's that panic. The mad staring eyes. <laughs> oh, it's going to be good, guys. <laughs> Dribbling. Yeah, anything like that. Yeah, it's all, all there. Yeah. The audience is on your side, you know what it's like. That's it's it. absolute adrenaline. There's nothing mm-hmm. like it. If anybody says, why do you do it? Yeah. You can only say it's for the one great gig in whatever it might mm-hmm. be with you. It's probably every gig, but for me, it's not. It's <laughs> a struggle. And if it's a good gig, mm. then then it's the best thing yeah. in 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 the world. You have to try and keep it fresh for yourself to to keep to keep the ball in the air, to keep it alive. Some acts that go up there, they even who they've been on the circuit for a, a while, and they just see see the room and go, oh well, this is going to be terrible. They give up, and I really, oh, I, I think really, they do. They just want to get through it. It, it kind of annoys me a little bit. It's like everywhere you got to fight. This is not the, one of the most important places to fight for the night itself, rather than just go up there and go, "Oh well, this is going to be terrible." You've seen uh, um, Chris Norton. I mean, absolutely superb at it, I mean, and he's a big guy as well. Oh, he's, he's like, big. Can't have any trouble. And, that's it. it's like, and then he's a and he's a big energy, big guy. They're going to pay attention, yeah, you know. Yeah. When you see the headliners go up and they just go up and they do the thing, they just they take their time and they go because you know, they they're usually. Tall guys that just take their time and say, okay, fine, we're going to go through this. And then it's going to just be an all nuance and just drop it in there. But they're, but they're so confident. That, that's it. It's that, that massive confidence which gives them total control over mm. the room and they've got it every single time. Mm. And if mm. you see certain guys doing it, mm. um, you just know mm. that they're going to uh, uh, smash in, it in no matter what. Or, and, and it's what's worse is if you've gone badly, and maybe one or two others have gone badly, and they get up, and, and, you, and you think, well, look, no-one's going to win tonight, yeah. and they get up and they absolutely rock the room, and you think, oh, my God. Yeah, that's it. Don't you hate them? That's it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> How many gigs in a month do you do? Like? No, not, not that many. Uh, I do what I'm asked to do, but I still, in spite of my age, I still work full-time. Oh, right. What is your job? I, I've got a, a mail-order business. Mm. So, um, so I still work every single day. It's a one-man business, so basically, and I work, hard every day eight hours mm. every day six days a week mm-hmm. um taking phone calls from people ordering stuff and all that sort of kind of thing and i get lazy because you've got to and you know this when you mm. get gigs you've got to keep asking people they're mm. not going to say oh we must get old uh, you know mm. must get old winter and for this one mm. sometimes that happens but a lot of the time if you're relying on just that happening mm. you'll starve and you mm-hmm. do it professionally mm. not like me so it's it's it is difficult, um, but I do tend to be lazy, and I tend to wait until somebody, say, you know, usually Facebooks me and says, "Are you free?" Then? Mm. And it's usually a cancellation. Yeah, I haven't got a conflict. Well, I never. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then I ring the Samaritans up. Oh, no, <laughs> but I—that's I, what happens to me. Those usually the best gigs that you're like you called in the last minute because oh we've got to have a cancellation, and it's usually nearby. And there's usually an audience there. When I first like went full time, I sit on Facebook going, "All oh, right, there's oh, there's another. Send another email off. Off it goes." And you get some ropey gigs. Turn to gigs. Go. Oh, sorry, the gig's cancelled. Oh, did you not know? No one has Facebook me or, or, or messaged me. They had me on Facebook, whatever. Oh, I, I put it up on the page that I changed the date of the gig. That's not good enough. You just contact. You know, people think they're promoting and they're not. It's, a good poster does not mean that you're a good promoter, basically. No, 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 no. In fact, um, some of the best that I've seen have been the ones that have uh, emailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got the audience. Every time an mm-hmm. audience member 
comes along who's not perhaps used, been there before, emails taken, and they're emailing them several days before and saying, we've got winter. Mm -hmm. And then two or three days late, just beforehand, they're doing the same thing. Yeah. And then, the, you know, next day, and then on the day. Mm -hmm. and, they're, and it's really clever marketing, and it's persistent, and it's mm. not costing them very much. But as you say, just to stick a poster, yeah. you're just dead. Just, yeah, just nothing's going It's all shiny. Great, you've done very well at Photoshop. Now just go and get the audience and, and yeah. get the venue right and contact the acts. Just just help us out a little bit, you know. Yeah. Otherwise we're all wasting wasting our time and money trying to get to these bloody gigs that aren't actually happening. Um, exactly. Well, the worst one I think I ever went to was very famous. I won't mention that. Very famous guy. Very nice bloke. Mm. And he ran this one and and um, he it was in a council theatre building right and they hadn't promoted it they were supposed to oh. but he relied on it yes so we went there and there was absolutely almost no audience at all and his words were shall we still do it for each other and I no. thought, fuck that for a game of soldiers oh. I can't be bothered <laughs> to not this month no I haven't I've got public speaking coming up this month but I've got um, gig next month mm. which is for Andy Gleeks oh yeah and that's in Oxfordshire yeah is it's it a comedy ladder one? but the new one no Oxfordshire that's the right one it is it's in Oxfordshire yeah. It's the new one. I did the, the comedy, I've done comedy ladder from it before. Mm. It was a really friendly gig. Yeah, it's, it's nice. a really yeah. nice one to do. Um, but this is in the new. Uh, they've got an extra one going. Mm -hmm. We've got branches. Oh, nice. And so they're franchising it. Out. Yeah. That's good. That'll be the zip. So I'll do that one. Yeah. But that's about it. I haven't got much else. But I should be asked. And um, mm. and and sometimes I'm asked. You know, like. Don't suppose you could do it tonight, and I pretend to look in my diary. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, all right. Just to put the phone down. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just must. Oh, I, I can move that one. And, uh, no, that's it. Um, uh, is it paid? Uh, okay, good. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> to get a drink. I'll take the drink. I'm so yeah. desperate. I don't bother with the money. Yeah. I actually walked out, walked out of uh, one. It was in uh, oh god, Newtown in Hertfordshire. In a great room. It was upstairs in a pub. Yeah, great room. Mm -hmm. And he went to pay me at the end, and, and, I, and, and or he apparently went to pay me at the end, I had not thought about it, and I walked out without being paid. Oh, no. And he tried to give me that money for months, until mm. uh, I saw him again, and then yeah. I said, oh, too long now. Oh. It's a terrible thing to say, because yeah. it makes it sound so blasé, but it's not really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the buzz that I'm... Yeah, you know, chasing the buzz, that's yeah, it. Yeah, What was the worst gig you've done? <gasps> oh, my God! It was about... For who? About six or eight months ago, and I, it was one of these that's one of these websites that mails you and says, you know, do you want? And I had never bothered to do it before, but I, I not signed up with them, but I hadn't bothered to accept any gigs. Mm. And I thought I'll do this one, and, I, and it was near St Albans, mm -hmm. and and it was the most deadly uh, thing I've ever done. Mm. Um, the, the promoter didn't turn up. Mm. Three of the comics turned up out of five. Right. It was absolute, and the, the audience wasn't the slightest bit interested. Mm. It's a bit like playing a piano to somebody and they're not in, they're in the same room. Mm. It was absolutely like that. And the other worst gig I did was one, we'd done one at the, at the Hemel Hempstead Skiing. The Snow Centre, just down the, down That's the, right. the corner. And yeah. it was upstairs yeah. in the bar, and we'd done that. Fred Frenzy was... Who was that with? Fred Frenzy. Uh, but he, who, who booked that, though? Oh, I can't remember. And we mm. did this one, and actually there was another promoter there, and he said, yeah, I don't suppose you do one for me, and he went, oh, yeah. Mm, of course, great. And it was in St Albans. St Albans is a very posh place, but there's mm. one part of St Albans which is specially, been specially built, which is an absolute dump. And it was there was a working man's club, and we went in there, we had to do this gig. Two of the comedians refused to appear, which was daft, because mm. it, it was just so hostile. Mm. But the rest of us said we were up for it, we'd do it. And just to give you some idea of the standard of heckling, mm. there was a bloke standing at the bar that looked as if he'd been hit by a truck several times, was still standing, he was as wide as a you know, small building, mm -hmm. absolutely, and all he kept saying is, get off you cat. Oh, no. <laughs> Unrelenting heckler, you know, you can't even put him down. <laughs> you can't, oh. what are you going to say? Oh, God. So it's absolutely yeah. not welcome. One of... You know the, the, the guy that does the Swedish act, the Olaf? Olaf Olaf, yeah. Well, he's on as well. Now, you won't want me to mention this, but I will. Sure. He was on. Mm. Very, very funny, but mm. didn't go well, but, but not because of his uh, material, because he's one of the funniest comedians. Mm -hmm. And as we got out, I was giving him a lift back to the station. And he got in the car, and he sat beside me and says, we will never, ever talk of this again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I met you before at a gig in High Wycombe. I think it's a private club. 
little bar just outside of High Wycombe, just up, just on the hill. You know, you go up the hill and it's like a, the back road to High Wycombe. It's not the one that was run by. Um... Is it Keith? He looks like Father Christmas. Oh God! Yeah, it was my favourite place to go. Did I meet you there? I met you yeah, there. Yeah, I, I, it is High Wycombe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a golf club. That's right. I met you there, didn't I? Did, uh, probably. In the winter time when it was snowing. I did a lot there. Yeah, I, that's I, it. I must have appeared there five or six times. Mm-hmm. It was my favourite place mm-hmm. to go. The audience was so friendly. Mm-hmm. Keith was such a good host. Mm-hmm. Not a great MC, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that, mm-hmm. but he was but, uh, but, uh, warm, mm-hmm. and people liked him, mm-hmm. and the audience were there. He had a lot of audience participation, mm-hmm. and the numbers were growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. It's becoming a real popular place to be. And then for reasons like so many of these clubs, mm-hmm. the audience started to fall away. Yeah. Fall away quite rapidly, mm-hmm. and, and he finished it. But it was a shame, because um, it was just... Yeah, it's going so well. Such a place mm. to go. It, it was if you needed your ego boosted because you had one or two bad ones. Mm. Go there, and you knew you were going to get uh, you know a friendly audience if you were bad, mm. and if you were doing a half decent job of it, they were really yeah, they were they were up for it. Up. And he had a stage at the end, but but there wasn't a stage again. But <laughs> just to show you how good it was at one time, the average audience was seventy to eighty. Oh man, it was absolutely jammed. You really thought this is, you know, this is mm. where you always wanted to be. Yeah. It was such fun. It struggled at the end, but it was it was one of the most successful. Yeah. Mm. Great place to, yeah. to do it. Yeah. And great place for you to start because you would put, you know, new people up as well, mm. and and you could have people because you knew that even if it's a and there, there are some comedians out there we know this that are absolute wankers and they shouldn't mm. be doing it because mm. they're not funny at all. Mm-hmm. The material's rotten and they've got no timing and mm. it's all just all over the place, and. But if you were like that, you'd still get an audience which would receive you and they would laugh politely. Mm. You, you would at least get off not saying, I'm mustering some Samaritans before I <laughs> jump off this chair. It's going to feel worse than I yeah. am if I was being yeah. in. The, the, the worst gig I had was in, I think, in Galway. years ago. Oh, my God. It was packed out. Oh, wow. Absolutely packed. Was this an early one? Oh, this is, way, this is really early. I was like, I've only done about, maybe, I think, about 30 gigs or so. And I was going through my, uh, my Bill Hicks face. I walked on, and the guys that were on before me were big in Ireland. Like, Carol Spain was the MC. He is an s- amazing MC. Like, I didn't want to go on. I was like, this guy's too good. I, I want to keep watching him. I don't want to do anything. I was in the middle. I got an applause on. Not one laugh did I get. I didn't even get an applause off. I could hear the sound of my own footsteps. Oh, yeah. It was Oh, it was so full. Oh, it was yeah. so full, Peter. It was just like there were people sitting on top of each other. No, no. I did not sleep that night. You know, one of those—it's the worst death I've ever it's had. It's the humiliation. Yeah, it's yeah. not just humiliation on the night. It's the, I mean, it's you think people are staring at you in the street the day after. Recognize uh, you. you know, they're going, "That is the arsehole." <laughs> yeah, that was that was the one I was telling you about. Yeah. Last night. you know, and you think, "Oh no, no, it's it's happened to me far too much." No. It, it's, but there are some people out there who are absolute stinkers. And mm. I want to say that. Because it makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> There's some people out there that are absolute stinkers. They they've been doing it a while sometimes, and they're just not funny. Mm. And you don't know how they get booked, mm. but they do, and and they go on, and, and mm. they're dreadful. Yeah, they're absolutely dreadful. And you think, why are you doing this? You're not not good at it. Go and do something else. You mm. know, paint and decorate or something. Yeah. You know, there's an awful lot of them out there. No, no self awareness, basically. No. Now, when you go, when you get to the stage of like doing enough gigs, and you go, okay, this isn't going well. And you know that it's not going well, and you but you can you can salvage something from the wreckage of of a bad gig. Sometimes you get a round of applause in a in a death. You're like, how did that happen? I never thought that would have happened. I got two rounds of applause, and I didn't even do a joke. <laughs> it's like, oh, I think the round of applause is off. Thank you, thank you. You got us out of this hole. You, you stopped us feeling so horrible for you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a charity clap, really, isn't it? It's the, you know, I mean. Round of applause is like it's giving you too much. They weren't going to give you a study ovation, but it was like, oh, thank you, thank you. You knew it too. <laughs> it, is. It, is. it happens. It, well, it happens quite frequently, doesn't yeah. it? Because it's not easy, and because things like that are so frightening, that is why you do it. Really, mm-hmm. because you're doing something that other people can't do. It's a bit mm-hmm. like the sort of bloke you know, it's a gymnast, and he goes, you know, like this in front, or the bloke that can always pull birds. You know oh, the yeah, type yeah. when mm-hmm. you, well, you're a young man, silver tongue, you know, yeah, yeah, and, and, and he just walks into a room and he goes, hello, and they goes, ha ha, and then you walk in behind and go, hello, and they all go, oh god, oh, it's you, this guy. you know, oh, it's just like yeah. that because you can do it, Mm-mm. and others can't. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so, you know, mm-hmm. so important, really. Mm-hmm. The rival to Sky, yeah. 
at the time that were going back, oh, 15, 16 years, mm. was a th- company called On Digital. Okay. Now, On Digital, um, and just to sh- uh, this will remind you, before the monkey did the tea commercial, with, well, right. they were doing that. Okay. That's where they, uh, the book bond actually took them from. Yes, right, right. And remember the advert. Right, well, he Brooke followed bond. us. Hmm. We did um, the one where people were being sort of in their own home mm-hmm. on digital. And because, again, uh, I, my wife can be very funny, we were cracking gags doing this. We were filmed, we were asked. I don't know quite, because we bought the thing, I suppose, mm. we bought on digital. They contacted us, I don't suppose you'd... They came down to our house to do a prelim, which was like they come down with just a portable camera, just to see whether you possibly could be suitable. Then they contacted us, they were going to do it. Mm. They bring all the cameras and lights into your house, everything, there's a big truck outside, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. almost had a sandwich truck on a bloody crew. Yeah. It was that kind of big commercial. We did one, we were funny, because we can be, mm. and... Um, they booked us, we did two or three, four more. Wow. And they were paying us. Great. Yeah. And it was absolutely fantastic. And I've still got the, they're on VCR tapes, still mm. got these bloody tapes. Yeah. I looked from to think that somebody might have uploaded them to YouTube. Yeah. But of course they hadn't, because mm-hmm. they wouldn't. But, you know, that was my claim to fame. And that we were recognised, not so much in the street. I remember we could, at the swimming pool or something, that somebody said, saw you on television. You know, so it was wow. really. Really, that's a claim to fame. Famous yeah. for five minutes. So this is the route I want to go. Do you know what? Like, I always wanted to. I always wanted to um, be involved in some sort of performance, but I didn't know what. I knew that I was oh, like like you and like I know this is a it's a cliche thing. It's like you know, in school that I was you know the class clown. I was talking to another comic about this earlier, and I said that because I didn't have any mates in school, I was always the the weird one, and with the name like Winter. I was the weird one, and I was definitely the, the odd one of the group. And so it made me act out and be to be stupid and like, be mental and, and be a joker. You're saying that, you know, the, the timing. I had the broadcast, you know, so I kind of go, Hey, how you doing? Okay, you're not looking, not looking interested. Okay, we're going to do something else. <laughs> so I was a clown. I wasn't just a clown, but I was like, it was all outgoing. And I just go, and I just work off facial expressions because I knew they weren't going to have a conversation with me. So I just do something because I need to talk. <laughs> I think comedy gets you out of jail. Yeah. I, tell, I tell you the worst um, jam it got me out of. Yeah. I was a, a very big uh, business machine manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And we used to, every month, have this meeting. And I never really quite knew what yes. was going on in the figures department in particular so when they would say you know um, right, uh, uh, and every month we used to have to get up with a overhead projector in those days and we used to they would show your figures would come up on a screen mm. and you would have to explain all about the figures like expenditure they might say what's this expenditure and you're supposed to know mm-hmm. you know and it was always my undoing because I really I had a great look of authority mm. But I had no... What was going on in my mm. brain was not a lot. Yeah. So I, I, I would... Cool up the outside. Yeah, that's right. Sweating on yeah, the yeah. inside. Yes, what I was... So I got up... And these figures were awful. Mm-hmm. I can only describe them as we spent too much, we hadn't sold enough. Yeah. It was terrible. So I had to get up, and all I did is I walked to the front, I said, these figures have given me a tremendously warm feeling. And the place would say, this is asshole, you know, these figures are awful. I said, the sort of warm feeling you get when you shit yourself. <laughs> and that's all that they did. They laughed mm. right through, because they weren't expecting us, but they laughed through the whole presentation. Mm. So I got off without any um, criticism of yeah. my figures at all, yeah. and yet they were awful. The worst in the room. But I was able to sit down with that, you know, they're all going, oh, great gag. And yeah. for weeks after they go, oh, what a, what a joke, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was all I got from that, really. Mm. So it does get you out of a... It does, a few jams. Oh! Yeah, right, but yeah. that's, that's where, well, for me, that, so performance, uh, it kind of evolved from that. And then doing the comedy, 
kind of just brought all of that side that that formed when I was a teenager back out again. Right. You know, because I think we just stay, we stop at like fifteen and we just get or we just get taller <laughs> or, yeah. or that's about it. And and it's all kind of in there. You you're messing about with your mates in the morning, you know, before school or something. You know, well, you know so what do you say? Well, I brush my teeth, and it's the funniest story ever because you watched something last night and you you kind of build it into. This this kind of this little vignette that you created just for the five minutes before school starts, and you have callbacks and random bits. Oh, you saw that as well, and like the, the interaction with your mates, all in that one moment. Sure. You know, and you're like, how is this? It's all just coming to you. It's all just everything's firing. You got that 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 uh, playfulness of youth. Of just we don't have any other responsibilities. Just you're in the moment fully. In comedy, I think that if you if you self aware enough, you continue to learn. You devolve. They say you're evolving, but you're devolving back into that original state when you didn't have the the pressure of what you put on yourself. And I, and I think that some, somehow the timing... Get, I remember going to a speech club and they said, uh, 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 sort of, want you to do a speech next week and want you to talk about, you know, mm. comic timing. Cause mm-hmm. you, and I had never, ever realised either that I got it Mm-mm. or how you analyse it or even what it was. Mm. But I was doing it. And I think that, that that's a very interesting factor because you... you it's not the content. Mm-hmm. I, I went to a comedy workshop for a period of time, and it was great fun. And I'll give you an example of this. One of the blokes there, he accidentally come up with a joke. He was, his, mm. he was writing this thing, which he was just running past us, and he was standing up in front of us, and he was sort of running this thing through. And the, basically, the line of the joke was, you know, sex with his wife, he didn't have it that often. Mm. Um, and, and he said he was trying to convince her to do what he wanted to do, and she was trying to convince him to do what he wanted to do. Mm. And that was the line of the joke, you see. Mm. And he said something about, but, uh, but um, you know, uh, uh, she wanted me to paint the walls. And I said, hold on a minute, this is the joke. Mm. You don't say that. Mm. This is the joke. You say, um, so I asked her what she wanted to do, and I said to her, you tell me what you want to do. And he said, but who wants to start decorating at that time of night? Yeah, yeah. That's the joke. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that you put it together mm. and, it's, uh, and then time it properly as well. Mm. And it actually, you know, you can actually have a, a make yourself a really good laugh coming mm. your way. You, mm. know? you bring it to life, you know. Yeah, you do. That's it. But it, that's it. As, as you go, you just kind of like set, not start to kind of like laser them out. Is that all that there is? There is. Because the last time we did one together, which was a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. Uh, and the audience was a good audience, but mm. a little bit mouthy. Mm. And you were great. You'd actually c- got control over them very quickly, which mm. the rest of us didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you actually got control over them very quickly. Because there was one bloke there, wasn't he? Was particularly not mm. not nasty. He was mm. enjoying himself, mm. but he was just sort of constantly interrupting. Yeah. And, um, and and doing it quietly as well. Yeah. So I was just going, oh, you know, like yeah. and just and just and like just sort of just slight, just not enough that you could you could put him down in his place. No, or no, no. Just just en- just enough to distract yeah, yeah. and 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 take a- try to take away your momentum. Yeah. And you know, something. And he went over your punchline at one time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was yeah. just That's catastrophic. It. But you know, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? You got to just kind of roll with it and see how far, how, how yeah. inject enough energy into it, and hopefully you'll you'll you'll, you'll make it float. Sometimes you just make it die even harder. But oh, no. <laughs> at least you gave it everything, though, isn't it? You know, you're like, well, I didn't, I didn't quit. I just no, went, no, went oh, for it. That's brilliant. it, isn't it? It's amazing. Absolutely thing. brilliant. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. amazing. Just not quitting with the uh, with, with you know giving up on the gig because you never know. You might salvage, I say, salvage something from the wreckage. Wait, you don't have any gigs booked in this month. No. no. Any next ones? Yeah, I got one. I got that one to do in uh, for Andy Gleeks. Andy Gleeks, oh, you say the comedy ladder, yeah, 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 uh, in Oxfordshire. Yeah, yeah, his new one. I've got that to do, but that's about it, really. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. a lot of public speaking to do, humorous public speaking, and um, well, who do you do that for? Is that just? And I'm also a member of the Toastmasters organisation, oh, which right. is a great sort of fun thing to do. There's lots of speech mm. clubs all up and down the country and do all that. And it gets well paid as well, I'm sure, as at Toastmasters. It is, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. that's great. So, yeah. And uh, what's the size of the rooms usually that you you should play? Well, after dinner, you know, it could be anything really, but um, you're going to, you're basically doing a comic turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just doing it after food. Which is the uh, way we want it, not during. No, no, mm. no, but uh, you know, you do it, or, or, or you might be doing it between courses. They usually bring people like me on because it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a, a laughter thing. I'm not going to do serious speeches for them. Um, mm-hmm. They might have had the serious speeches. Um, but they're going to bring you on at the end for the entertainment. Mm. You know. And what's the uh, the? Is there an age limit to get on Toastmasters, or do you have to? No, Toastmasters basically is a club where you learn to do speaking, but right. but that leads you out to 
to doing it for other people. And you're either doing, some of the people that I know do motivational speaking, mm. and I do the after dinner stuff. Right. Yeah. You've done one recently? Or? Yeah, well, I do them all, all the time. Oh, yeah, well, a couple of days ago. Yeah. What, where would you, where'd you go with that? The, that the, was um, Mark Kelly. And who was that for? Do you have to, you know, let's say, or no, I'd rather, but okay, but but no, enjoyable. Yeah, because sure. that, that that flexes your comedy muscles anyway, doesn't it? You don't it, need to. It's it's sort of where I, where you get the hunger for it. I think mm. in the first place, yeah, absolutely. You're still getting the laughs and getting the getting the fix. So you, and and you're getting paid as well. Sure, and you get fed. Yeah, great, yeah. and uh, well, you get the good food as well, like, rather than the uh, the bucket of chips and the burger. That oh you yeah, 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 sure, that's good. All right, well, um, well, Peter, thanks for coming on the show. Thank I you. I enjoyed this. Yeah, it's, yeah, been, it's, it's been, been enormous fun. fun. I like meeting your dog. Yeah, he's great. The listeners can't see him. It's absolutely beautiful. He is. He's a black lad. It's a bit bloody noisy, though, sometimes. Yeah. Oh, bless him. Yeah. Lovely dog. So your next gig is in the Comedy Ladder yeah. in Oxfordshire. Yeah, yeah. So what date is that? Don't know. Comedy Ladder, you'll find <laughs> on the Comedy Ladder, isn't it? I am featured. I, yeah. I've been asked for a byline, which I didn't have one. Yeah. They said... Can you put? Uh, uh, can you give us a line that says say something in the press has said about you? Mm-hmm. And I thought that's going to be bloody difficult. I've never been reviewed. Yeah. Um, and then I had to ask a couple of other comics. So I asked Fred Frenzy mm-hmm. to say something nice about me, and uh, Logan Murray. Yeah. And they both did. Thank God. That's so great. They, they're going to put that Good up, under me saying, you know, Peter Ford and Logan Murray says so 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 so. Yeah. But he had to be asked. Is that, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> or perhaps he couldn't be asked. I can't remember what. Yeah. And no. what was your quote from Logan? I can't remember. Oh no! <laughs> At least he didn't say one to watch. No, no. You know that. What is it, whatever that no. means. I'm terrible. I mean, this is one thing that when you play this back, it's going to be awful. Yes, is all the things I couldn't remember. I, I, well, I won't know those. No, no. But, I, I, <laughs> but, but it's an age thing, and you can't. You know, whereas you could always remember people and places. And dates, all yeah. of that goes out of your head completely. So you mm. just sit there and wait somebody says, where are you going? And like, oh, cross those, you know. Yeah. So uh, that is the problem, I'm afraid. It will come to you eventually, Winter. No. But not yet. It, it is coming to me. Don't no, no, right. no. No, it is. But it it's, will. It, it, it's, it's getting there, honestly. I mean, I'm, I'm, my, my hearing is going now as well. I used, to work at, I used to work on a building site as well, building stone walls. And I think that has had a, an effect in... in in or drilling and things like, like that? Like hammering stones and oh, stuff, you know. Oh, okay. uh, I wasn't in jail, but uh, <laughs> it felt like it sometimes. You yeah. know, like, you know um, a stonemason, you know, building stone walls of dry stone and wet stone and all oh. that. In, in rooms where there's more than one person, I find it difficult to focus really? on the one, oh, the people, right. even they're sitting next to me. That's why I find it difficult. But uh, maybe it's selective hearing, though. Maybe that's what, because I'm getting married, and maybe that's what I'm, I'm oh, working up to. You, <laughs> you won't listen at all, then. That's it. Yes, dear. That's what did you say? Yes. Yes. Sign language. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when they talk from the kitchen, they know you can't hear them. Mm. The idea is if you're working, because I work in the front there, you, you have to get up and say, what was it they said? Yeah. And, and so now I don't. I think it's an age thing where you think, well, I'm not going to get up for this. I'll just go, Yes. <laughs> Disagree. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. And you think, all right. Okay. Yeah. I'll get it again later. Anyway, yeah. so it's fine, isn't it? Didn't hear a word of that. Yeah. 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 Are you listening to me? Yes, I'm listening to you, John. Yeah. Yes, I Every got a word. <laughs> well, Peter, thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure. And Thank you very much. Thank you. Great things. pleasure. Thank thanks. you. And that was Peter Ford on episode eight of the Comedy Defect podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Peter. We talked a lot on and off mic. We talked for ages after we start recording. Uh, he really liked my dog and he made a few jokes and we had, we had a lot of fun. Uh, if you are liking these podcasts, keep, just let us know. You can find us on Twitter at The Comedy Defect. You can find my Twitter page at Winter Phonander. If you want to come see my live dates, you can find them on my website at winterphonander.com for all my live stand-up dates. Now, you know, if you want to donate to the podcast, you can find us on Patreon. We're there under The Comedy Defect Podcast. Donate as little or as much as you want. But if you can't kick something back to us, just just give us maybe a nice review or subscribe. Tell your friends, share the podcast that you enjoy the most. And that all helps too. If you liked episode eight, well, then you're going to love episode nine. I've got an interview with a very funny, a very different 
character comedian. It is the wonderful Mr. Fred Forenzi. His real name is Peter as well. I like to double up on the names Peter with Andy and Andy. Now I've got Peter and Peter. But that is next Wednesday that's going to come out. And you're going to love that. We go really deep into comedy and the psychology of it. There were some parts of it I didn't want to release because I found that it was too telling about me. I thought, you know what? I'll leave it in. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to ruin it. But you'll have to wait until next week's episode, episode 9, with the wonderful character act, Mr. Fred Forenzi. And that's it from us this week on The Comedy Defect. We'll see you next time for episode number 9.